Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Action Network Podcast. Throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast. We are presented by the FanDuel Sportsbook. NFL draft round one just wrapped up moments ago. We are here for a brief recap. We look ahead to round two. Myself, Brendan Glasheen, joined by our director of research and media at Action Network, Evan Abrams. We also have Travis Reed of Bet Labs. You've heard his voice throughout the course of our NFL draft betting updates here on the Action Network podcast. Gents, there's there's plenty to dive into, of course, from the first round, but as our audience might be looking for, they're looking ahead and how to possibly digest what happened tonight on this Thursday and how they could take advantage of potential markets available, which we will get to on Friday and also Saturday. There were 14 picks traded in the first 32. So it was uh, kind of a um, how, what's the best way to say this? It was sort of a, uh, your mind was twisted in a pretzel, I feel like, for that first 10 picks and trying to understand what the hell was going on. And of course, there's the lead up a couple hours before. Will Levis was not selected. And there were guys that I think we felt were going to go very early that turned out, including Levis, that did not go early, et cetera, et cetera. Evan Abrams, I'll turn to you first. You have a bunch of stuff kind of mapped out here in terms of how the night went. Please take me in whatever direction you please, your top takeaway from Thursday night. So I think I'll start with the Cardinals at three, even though I think the Stroud at two is fascinating in the sense that we were talking about anyone but Stroud for a while. And then all of a sudden, you know, Houston mockers were telling us it wasn't Stroud and then it was Stroud. But I think Houston trading up for that Arizona spot is probably the most fascinating part because when we saw they were going to go 2-3 and then they ended up getting Stroud at 2, Anderson at 3, and then once something like that happens, everything just goes into chaos. 
because a player that maybe we thought was going to slip ended up going to that slot and it just kind of went all over the place in terms of Stroud's odds, which I think is the most fascinating story, at least on draft day, where he ended up closing at minus 2,400 to go number two. And he was nine to one to go number two at 11 AM this morning. Uh, So, I mean, even just knowing that after we've projected Stroud, Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, all in that number two slot over the last probably 24 to 48 hours, uh, it made some sense because they needed a quarterback. And I think we all said, okay, well, if they take the best pass rusher at two, they're going to find a way to either draft one of those quarterbacks at 12 or like they did take the quarterback at two and move up to get the best prospects. And I think going in CJ Stroud was to me, probably the best build and the best quarterback. I I liked him almost better than Bryce in terms of body and going forward. We just always put the Ohio state uh, scarlet letter on him. And I think we did it. And I think with Anderson, it's the same. So I think they got two top five best player prospects in the draft two, three. And it's hard to say, you know, aside from maybe what the Eagles did, that they look great. And, and I love their draft tonight. I think it looks good. Travis, your reaction to round one and how it transpired. Yeah, we, we said Houston was the linchpin all along and we heard reports they were decided about what they were doing. But I think that trade up kind of makes that sound like BS because they wanted both, right? They wanted Stroud and they wanted Anderson. They ended up getting both. But if they weren't able to make that trade at three, it'd be interesting to see which of the two they would have made Um, because, and I think that's why there was so much debate and why it probably wasn't known until today. uh, Once the trade was made, Um, Levis falling is certainly a story and it'll be something we're going to look into, you know, with tomorrow's day two. It's one of those things that makes you feel smart and stupid at the same time, because I, I thought Levis wasn't very good. <laughs> and I was like, well, why is he going this high? But then you have all these, you know, insiders telling you he's getting top five buzz and everything like that. And you kind of buy into it. So it's always something to put into the back of your mind for next year. Um, you know, if it's OK to stick to your guns, even you know, you may not have as much information as some of these other guys, but um you know, I wish I would have bet way more money on Levis, not be, you know, his over and everything like that. And just stuck with my, my self-evaluation of, okay, I don't think he should be going anywhere near the top five. And it turns out teams agreed. And he didn't even go anywhere in the first round. Right. And only one tight end goes in the first round. Buffalo trades up to take Dalton Kincaid out of Utah with the 25th pick. There is a market now up at FanDuel, Michael Mayer team to draft him Detroit, the favorite, There were some Hendon Hooker and Will Levis markets posted moments ago at FanDuel. We will certainly dive into that. Um, So the Levis stuff for sure is at the top of our minds. In reaction, though, Evan, Anthony Richardson is the guy for the Colts. Why don't you give the folks an understanding as to where we were with Richardson? Because as we highlighted on Wednesday, and you were with us for that update episode just before Thursday night, Anthony Richardson was not a favorite in any top 10 market, like any go right one, one through 10. He was not a favorite anywhere all of Wednesday. Now into late Thursday afternoon, he was certainly up there in the discussion. And as you, I believe you had mentioned a market you that had interested you 
Richardson to go in the top five was at plus 100. And that was something that caught your attention, but he was not a favorite at any particular pick in that top 10. Yeah, it's honestly insane when you look at the actual closing odds right before the draft. Levis was minus 700 to go in that four slot, while Richardson was five to one. Uh, and I, I think the thing I think we realize now with the Colts, which if you look back, maybe we should have realized this anyway, is they're very locked up. Like you never really tend to know, even though Ursay is out there and he says some dumb stuff sometimes, he keeps it close to the chest. And I, I think we all thought that they would go with the least prospect, which was Levis. And Richardson is just a project and he needs more help and he needs more time. So I would guess they're more willing to go with Minshew and, you know, see what the offense looks like and have this quarterback, which some people even said was the best quarterback in the class, which again, when you have four or five quarterbacks, as I said before, you probably have none, but they liked Richardson the best. Uh, and from like a stats point of view, pretty fascinating that three quarterbacks get taken in the top four. It's only happened four times since the merger. So for me to sit here and say there were no quarterbacks and then for this be the fourth time ever we have three go in the top four, it, it's a bit interesting that I think teams just said to themselves, we absolutely need one of these positions that help everyone win Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. But even if we don't rank them extremely high, we're going to pay him. So just fascinating overall. Travis, your reaction off of Levis that Richardson went at four to Indianapolis and how that sort of snuck up on everybody. Yeah. Um, and I think when Evan mentions, I think ceiling is a word that comes to mind yeah. with Richard. He has the highest ceiling. He also has a low, he could be terrible. Um, but you just look at the athleticism. I mean, you can picture Lamar Jackson pretty easily. Mm -hmm. So I, I see why a team would fall in love with that. And then once, and the thing is with Levis, we kept hearing Colts were in love with him. We kept hearing his meeting with him went great. And so that's why he was this huge favorite to go for. Well, once they go Richardson instead, we hadn't heard that with any other team. Like we thought maybe the Titans might be interested, but we never heard, oh, they're in love with Levis or their meeting with Levis went great. So you can see how that fall starts to kind of, you know, accumulate down the board. So um, it, it's kind of the domino effect that we always talk about. If this happens, then what? So if, once we got the if Richardson, then Levis, and now we're still waiting for the what till tomorrow. Crazy that the market for him, the highest over under was seven and a half for Levis. Never really got posted anywhere else. And then we see this tweet from Chris Mortensen, like late in the draft that talks about his toe issue and the fact that he had missed two games. And, you know, even one or two teams had said like that was one of the things they were worried about that maybe it's worse than it is. Levis obviously says it's no issue and then no quarterback takes him. So just just fascinating. And then I have to give one piece of credit. Darren Ravel tweeted this, which I think is kind of interesting. So obviously the Levis rumor where he was, you know, supposed to go number one and all that stuff from the Reddit poster basically moved him from 50 to one to plus 175. And now he's the plus 250 favorite to go number one in round two. So that is literally how far and how interestingly, you know, he dropped. So that's where we are right now. And, and, and part of me, that was Levis, you said, is the yeah. favorite to go first in round two? Okay, very good. And the first pick in round two is Pittsburgh. Correct? Is that, yeah. is that, yeah. that adds up? Okay. So, right, Pittsburgh, Houston, Arizona, Indy, Rams, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's the beginning of round two 
which is where like if <laughs> if indeed Stroud, assuming assuming Stroud wasn't the guy at two, I thought maybe that's where Hendon Hooker goes as far as the uh, Texans are concerned with the second pick of the second round. But of course they found their guy in Stroud and that was the, the news of the of the night in terms of the lead up to the first round starting. I want to discuss Seattle too, because a lot of a lot of the market movement that was fascinating also Tuesday night on you go Jalen Carter to wind up the over market for Carter at six and a half was at significant plus money. Then that flipped where Carter to go fifth overall to Seattle was at plus money. Then that got significantly juiced. There was minus 700 in the market. FanDuel had it down to minus 300, possibly minus 700. If I remember correctly, as it turns out, Carter slips, and we'll get to the Eagles specifically, but Devin Witherspoon, Evan, was also kind of a, not a head scratcher, but more so if Pete Carroll identifies a corner that he finds can fit well in his scheme, call it a reach, but clearly Pete Carroll is into some Devin Witherspoon at five. Yeah, Legion of Boom. I just think... You know, he found a cornerback he liked and you started to see and listen, revisionist history, right? You see this all the time with beat writers, but people saying Jalen Carter was never the guy. He's not a peak guy. But all of a sudden, you know, he closed minus 370 to go number five. Uh, And maybe the biggest betting surprise of the night when you look at odds, Witherspoon closes at 33 to one to go number five. Uh, and that's just because I believe he was minus 270, minus 300 to go number six, and everyone had mocked him to go number six. And that was just where he had been slotted. And I think everyone knew he was going to be a top 10 pick. He was the top corner. I think no questions asked. And Jalen just was never the guy. So again, when it comes to information, some of it's good, but when we dealt with a draft where maybe the talent wasn't the best we've seen over the years, we saw chaos. Travis, any reaction to that? Witherspoon was at, he was at even money to go to the Lions with the sixth pick. As we know, the Lions ended up moving off of that pick and trading back to end up taking a running back, which I know in your case, that was not helpful for your running backs bet. But uh, with Gibbs going in the top, I think he was 12. Um, Again, we're coming to you guys. We're coming to you folks right after this first round just ended. So bear with us here. But Witherspoon going as high as he did, what was your initial thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, again, it's another good lesson of if we're projecting the guy to go six, you know, why not bet him to go five, seven, you know, especially if the price differential is so much different, if he's even money to go six and we're all like, Oh yeah, that, that makes sense. He could do that. Then why aren't you betting the 30 to one to, that goes one pick higher? Mm-hmm. Um, which in retrospect, we're all kind of laughing at that. It's like, why, why the hell didn't we do that? Um, but I think there is a chance maybe that the Eagles were trying to trade up to five to get Carter. I mean, those rumors were swirling that they were trying to trade up to get him. Maybe Seattle was the spot they were looking at. And then Seattle just decided, no, thanks. We want to just grab our guy. So maybe that was why some of that Carter to five was kind of getting steamed up that way. And we'll kind of never know, but um, yeah, the running backs, those were just, 
<laughs> I, I was fine losing the bet. I didn't think I would lose that bet by pick 12. Um, right. that, that was maybe the biggest head scratcher of the night was the Lions t- taking Gibbs at 12. When you sign Montgomery, you already have DeAndre Swift, not a position of need. Um, so, yeah, that's there's not much to, to bet on for that. I would bet they don't take an, run, another running back, but maybe I could be wrong. My, my, my brain started spinning in circles thinking back to hard knocks when DeAndre Swift was being reamed out, challenged by the coaching staff there in Detroit across the board, not just the running backs coach, but maybe they never felt as highly as they did about DeAndre Swift and taking Gibbs at 12 possibly is a reaction to that. And we, we've called out Lance Zerline quite a bit on our draft updates. And he, he sort of, he pretty much nailed it. Him and uh, um, mo- mostly Zerline uh, was, was huge in terms of, of getting a lot right, at least at the top of the draft in Anderson. The Stroud thing, of course, caught a lot of folks off guard. The other one too was um, um, Daniel Jeremiah was also pretty spot on quite a bit at the top of the draft with, with Philadelphia, Jalen Carter going at number at number 10 to the Philadelphia Eagles. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Folks, we'll get into some picks for round two or markets you can surf around to get an edge for, for tomorrow night for or this uh, tonight. That is for round two, the tight end market. And I mentioned Kincaid was a pick from the bills. And I want to go to Travis first on this. How, what was, what's going through your mind watching mayor doesn't come off the board in particular to Dallas, Dallas ends up going uh, defense, your thoughts on just the tight end play out from round one. Yeah, I we talked that Green Bay would be a stretch to take one that early, uh, so sure. I wasn't surprised. I thought we maybe get a run similar to the wide receiver run we got at like twenty through twenty four, where it's just mm-hmm. four in a row, um, somewhere around there. So when Buffalo jumped Dallas, I kind of thought, okay, well they know Dallas needs a tight end, so they got in front of them to grab one. And then I thought, I really thought uh, Dallas was just going to go Mayor. Um, we saw that mocked quite a bit. Um, but then they, again, they decide to go D line. Maybe they think they can just grab one of the tight ends in the second or third round and be just fine. Um, so yeah, a little surprising that we didn't see both of those guys go first round. I think, uh, they were both favorites to do so. 
Um, and yet none of the, the third guys were able to squeeze in. And unfortunately the no hundred to one Tucker craft came through either. So <laughs> we'll see. They're going to be some of the first positions to go off in round two. So yeah, looking at, you know, where mayor is going to go in the next round, um, you know, those odds are now up on FanDuel. So I'm going to start doing some uh, research there, looking at some of those first teams in the first five, six, seven picks um, and see if I find a price there. I like for mayor. Okay. And Trav as sorry, Evan mentioned in his, uh, his draft recap, the bills taking Kincaid just tight end period in the first round bills to take a tight end in the first round at 11 to one Kincaid over mayor Kincaid was plus plus one thirty. Dallas, as we talked about, just went with defensive line. Travis mentioned this, Evan, the run of receivers from 20 to 23. JSN drops, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba drops all the way to 20 to Seattle. So it goes Smith and Jigba, Johnston, Flowers, Addison consecutively. Your breakdown of the receivers going like that in the latter half of the first round. I'll I'll start. Let me just first comment on the tight ends and then I'll talk about the receivers. So the easiest bet maybe of the day, and I talked about this with Kerner earlier on Green Dot Daily, was under two and a half tight ends. The fact that it was even juiced under minus 200, it just felt off to me. Now, I didn't think we wouldn't get Mayer in the first round. Like, that wasn't how I handicapped that. But, you know, Musgrave, Laporta, Washington, I just didn't see it happening. So, again... That felt right, and it came through. So I think when you look at the wide receivers, they were the act. They were like the only group to go over today. Over offensive linemen under, defensive backs under, quarterbacks under, tight ends under, and you got four wide receivers. The over under was three and a half. So I didn't get that one right. I didn't think we would see Johnston, and I was wrong about that. So I was a little surprised, but I think what you did see, and you sometimes see this in some drafts, is one goes two goes and you have teams who wanted that position who are now like we kind of got to get in and they go one two three four and I think Addison was the one where I said okay after you saw the three go maybe he continues to fall because he's not graded as well as the others and then it just didn't happen so I was surprised by it and I'm also pretty sure that Najigba was the only one to go over his over under while the other three went under going in those spots. So definitely a little bit surprising to me, um, but yeah. Jackson Smith and Jigba's over under was set at 12 and a half. That was significantly juiced to the over Quentin Johnson to the chargers. There had been some discussion, at least through what I've come to find out that the chargers were very interested in chargers market leading up to the draft, the last 48 hours or so leading up to round one chargers first pick receiver was their was the favorite in terms of what position they would go to at plus 175 at FanDuel. Quentin Johnson goes right to the Los Angeles chargers. I want something we should also discuss and our, our guy, Brandon Anderson, you hear him all the time on our NFL best bets pod or recap pods during the season, doing a pod this late at night, may I add, is giving me the excitement of doing those episodes again, because we're here late at night, uh, past midnight on Friday morning. Um, I'm curious, and Evan, you've got some breakdown here on B. John Robinson, who I glossed over uh, going in the top 10, of course, and he landed right with the team that was favored to take him in the Atlanta Falcons. So now the Falcons have taken Pitts, London, and now uh, Bijan with the 
first round talent in that offense and Bijan looking at FanDuel, Bijan Robinson is your favorite at plus 400 to win offensive rookie of the year in the NFL. I think it matters. I think it's good. I think it's the right thing. I, I think the reason they did ahead it, of the quarterbacks, may I add, too, and yeah, Young, I, Stroud. I kind of, I kind of believe it because I think he's going to get a ton of carries. And I think the question, obviously, everyone has said, and you saw the memes all over the internet when it happened, was Algiers' fantasy stock probably plummets, and Bijan ends up being the guy there. Um, and listen. I, I thought he was going to go top 10. I made the 75 to one bet that he was going to go top five is just kind of a long shot, but I did think he was going to go top 10. And the longer I looked at it, I said, you know, Atlanta doesn't have a need. And again, sometimes when it comes to a guy like Bijan Robinson, throw needs out the window. Like he's the best player on the board. He could have been, you know, behind like Will Anderson and, you know, maybe that's it is like the most complete player. And again, people were like, we don't take running backs running. We don't take running backs. But when you talk about a guy like that, and then they're talking about Gibbs being like Camara, like these were two guys that really stepped up and looked good from a prospect point of view. And again, I think we all agree here. Gibbs went a little early, but I think the Bijan pick makes sense. I think Atlanta's offense is going to be really dangerous. And I think they're also, this is a really big thing, at least to me, you're going to find out very quickly if Ritter's the guy. And if he's not the guy, and he can't perform around this type of offense, you're going to be walking in with hopefully a decent pick in a great QB class. So I think Atlanta says to themselves, this just makes sense taking the best player, and we'll figure it out later. Robinson plus 400, Young at plus 400 as well. Stroud plus 600, Anthony Richardson plus 700, Smith and Jigba plus 800, Quentin Johnson, Johnston, pardon me, next at 14 to 1. So I felt that was important to touch on from, from an actionable uh, actionable perspective. If folks were looking to dive in, that makes a lot of sense based on what they've um, built there around, around Tesman Ritter or Taylor Heineke, whoever wins the job. Wouldn't, surpri- wouldn't surprise me if Heineke wins the job. We get one of those like Andy Dalton things where he's our guy and then insert Justin Fields, name really any scenario you want uh, over the years. Um, okay. Next, let's see. Um, looking up and down these first round selections. Any other react before we get to sort of some because as we highlighted there a moment ago, mayor markets up. We saw the hooker and levis markets up before we kind of surf those waters and get an understanding of what we might be interested in on Friday. Evan, any other reaction in terms of um what went down on Thursday night as far as what caught your attention from a, a betting standpoint? Uh, I guess three quick notes. One, the Packers. Uh, yeah, Lucas okay, Van Ness at yeah, 13. I just, you know, I like fun notes. I, I think, you know, trends and certain things like that can just be great fodder. And the fact that they continued their streak of not taking the wide receiver running back or tight end in the first round since 2002, just fascinating and fun. And, you know, it did continue. Now, I think that does show some value when it comes to the next few rounds because they do have a need and they probably will be taking some skill players and they do have a slight history. If I remember recently kind of taking those types of skill players later on in the draft. Um, But I think that's one. I think the second thing that's pretty fascinating is again, talking about the quarterbacks who have fallen and this is credit to Matthew Friedman who comes on this podcast all the time. Uh, just Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, 
Drew Locke, like all these quarterbacks throughout the years that maybe we've mocked in the first 20, 30-ish types picks don't tend to really go in that 32, 34, 35 range. Lamar Jackson, you know, kind of he was ranked 30, uh, 18th, went 32nd. But usually we're seeing these guys kind of keep falling and they fall for a reason. So usually if you like Levis and you think he's going to go 32 to 34, you might want to look a little bit more down the board. Uh, and the last one I had was just the Eagles. Uh, the fact that you get Jalen Carter, you get Nolan Smith, and you're kind of running the Georgia defense with uh, Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean, just the best roster just gets better. And every other team has just got to be frustrated that how he does it again. A question Eagles to win the Super Bowl plus 850 at FanDuel only trailing the team. They fell to in this most recent Super Bowl, the Kansas city chiefs. Also I would, and we highlighted it would like to shout out the, Seahawks. We talked about Witherspoon at five and then getting Jackson Smith and Jigba. So if you feel like they may have reached, they did get the receiver falling to them at uh, 20, 21, um, taking him. Or pardon me, at 20. Jackson Smith and Jigba at 20 to Seattle. Travis, any other leftover thoughts from round one before we look ahead a little bit to round two? Yeah, I'll just say I agree with the Eagles thing. I think you could make a case they should be favored to win the Super Bowl over the Chiefs just because the NFC conference is so much weaker than the AFC and their road to get there is basically just going to be, if they're healthy, it's like them, San Francisco, maybe throw in Dallas, but that's, but Philly's head and shoulders above the rest of the NFC and they don't have the gauntlet of the AFC like the Chiefs will with the Bengals, the Bills, Lamar's back with the Ravens. That's another thing we learned today. So um, I think, you know, you don't want to overreact to one night of drafting, but the Eagles just knocked it out of the park. They're like you said, they already had the best roster and they just plugged in two holes with two of the top 15 players in the draft. So uh, I think you could easily make a case for them to be the Super Bowl favorites. All right. And they do. They, so they do go defense with both their picks. Jalen Hurts plus 1200 to win MVP. They don't really sure up the O-line with any of their first-round picks, which still a very above-average offensive line without question. But getting a reassurance there was an option, right, based on the positions that they were favored to select early on at number 10. Of course, they end up going with Carter. Um, but the, your MVP odds right now, Lamar Jackson's up there. He gets Zay Flowers from Boston College. Justin Herbert plus 900. Quentin Johnston goes there. Um, just some things to, uh, and then Josh Allen just got another tight end in Kincaid, which who knows what his role may be in year one. We'll find out playing with Dawson Knox. We shall see looking ahead markets that are available. Tough to come by as of right now. We realize that we saw the Levis and hooker markets were up for moments. They, those came down <laughs> and the Michael Mayer tight end out of Notre Dame, that market was up. That's come down recently. But, Trav, I'll go to you first on this. When markets do become available, it's the same sort of question we talked about on Wednesday. And it's difficult. Not as much smoke, though, leading up to a Thursday round one, as we'll see for a Friday round two, three, and the rest of the rounds on Saturday. How do you digest what becomes available to you over the next, call it, when you wake up tomorrow? We'll put it that way. Yeah, hours. I would say I want everyone uh, sleep you need. <laughs> Who needs sleep during the draft? Yeah. Um, 
I would say when if you do see a line and you do like it, you probably want to act pretty fast because it's going to be quick to move. Uh, as an example, we were talking about lines just before the show and they have already moved in however many minutes it has been since we started talking. So, um, yeah, if you do like a line, um, you better be quick to click the submit button on some of those because as much as the markets before were overreaction city, this is just cramped into a 24 hour space. So it's going to be even worse. Um, a lot of people are going to do that exact same thing that you said, wake up tomorrow morning, just check it out and start, you know, firing away, whether it's based on information or Reddit rumors this time, who knows, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we'll, so, uh, yeah, just be quick to react. Um, and then don't be afraid to take the other side. We just saw it with all this steam yesterday, um, that, you know, that could be wrong. Um, so don't be like, Oh, I kind of like this. And then it moves against you. That doesn't necessarily mean anything set in stone. Yeah. You know, I, I always enjoy, and we won't get this in all likelihood. Well, we'll probably get some of it on Friday. Biggest winner, biggest loser. You no, know, the winners up there will be your Eagles. Uh, and by your, I mean, just, just giving out examples, the Eagles, the Seahawks potentially. Um, and then the loser might be Reddit. Reddit might be the first loser that should be listed because what a shit show for Reddit <laughs> and just overall, just my opinion. It's, what a shit it's, show. A, it's a short memory though. Cause I guarantee you, we're going to start hearing Reddit rumors for the NBA draft soon. And people will forget all about this Levis nonsense and yeah. just be like, Oh, I bet that guy knows something. If Reddit just had a verification system, a little bit of check marks. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Yeah. Would be- <laughs> I mean, just what a shit show in terms of um, the top 10, just in general. I mean, I know Evan nailed, you know, getting on Bijan was great, but just that whole, the way that all shook out in that final few hours and those first, that first 45 minutes of round one. Um, so, tra- so Travis, just, I know it's anything though, that you're like, if something pops that you're going to hop on, that you might foresee yourself hopping on first thing or if you don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I really liked the, the lions to draft one of these quarterbacks just because their odds were pretty high. Like I said, that's already on the move. Um, you know, Hendon hookers now 11 to one um, and 10 to one now for Levis to the lions. We've already seen them do two draft picks that are, I would say people did not expect. <laughs> I guess that's the nice way to put that. Um, taking guys way ahead of where they were expected in mocks and everything else. So golf is still kind of in that weird space of, I'm not sure if they're going to give him the keys to the franchise to try to, you know, run this in for a Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. So um, I think, you know, teams like that, the Rams are another one that's interesting, you know, teams that are kind of, they have a quarterback there, but they also have to have an eye on the future. I think those are the teams that you want to kind of key in on and look at those odds uh, and take some stabs at some of these quarterbacks um, to go in the next. And it might not even be round two. It might be round three. Um, if we, we saw this last year, Malik Willis was projected to be in the first round. He did not go until round three. Right. So it's, it's not necessarily that he's going to be in the second round and maybe in the third round as well. Okay, that's a good note. Tennessee is drafting 41st overall. That is mid or first third of the second round. 
Rams have the fifth pick of the second round. Pardon me. Uh, yes, fifth pick of the second round. The Rams, another team you just called out there, Detroit. They're at 48, middle of the second round. They are also at 55. And the one team that does not appear in round two, the Minnesota Vikings, which was the favorite to land Hendon Hooker before this draft even began. Evan, your thoughts on what you might be looking for heading into tomorrow morning, which is now, may, which is yeah. now, but you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I think the Michael Mayer market is kind of fascinating in the sense that he was just projected in the first round. We had talked to him to Dallas. The one thing I was looking at initially, and it hasn't moved yet is were the Raiders at plus nine fifty to take Mayer and replace Waller. Um, they are 38th. Uh, so that's something I was looking at. They have the third best odds behind the Lions and Packers as of right now. So that was one bet I was taking a look at. And I know we had talked about this before we came on. And and I think Travis had mentioned it. This has already been absolutely hammered. But the Rams to take a quarterback in that 36 hole. Uh, I believe the odds were much higher, but now it's 340 for Levis for the Rams. And if you look at Hooker, you actually might be getting much better odds at 20 to one. Um, but that I think is just telling you they probably grade Levis as a better quarterback and he's probably the slot for them. But just initially, those were probably the two I was looking at. Even if you look at Ram, they have a FanDuel has position of Rams first drafted player in this round. Quarterback's the favorite at plus two, uh, 250. So if you believe that Levis is the guy, you even have better odds at 340. But that, 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 that number's coming down. Yep, we saw 430 right when we got started for the Rams to draft Levis. Hooker at 11 to 1. Lions to take Levis 42 to 1. Rams to take Hooker at 20 to 1. So, markets we'd imagine will be reappearing in the early hours of the day, which I guess accounts for now, but early when you might be listening to this podcast. Gents, we'll anything else before we get out of here? I'll say one interesting one for Hendon Hooker. Yep. And it's a big long shot is the Jets at 140 to one. Rodgers is old. We, we know that. He's not going to be there forever. Um, so, yeah, if it comes around like the third round, the Jets have a pick. I, I could see them, you know, taking a shot on Hendon Hooker. He, you know he's going to have to sit probably for the first year anyway with the leg injury, just sit behind Rodgers. So um, if you're looking for a really, really long shot, I don't think the Jets are a bad one at that price. Evan? I was looking at the Bucks. Just the fact that, like, there's some there's some need there to try to maybe get someone young in the house and maybe someone behind. So I was looking at the Bucks there, 16 to 1 for Hooker at the moment. Uh, and what are they for Levis? Plus 750. They're the fourth option. So. And our guy, Luke Swain, who was with us during our updates, he gave out some best bets on our last update before Thursday. It's dropped significantly, but the Rams to take a quarterback with their first pick, which as we know, they don't have a first round pick. We've talked about it. 36 is their first pick of the night or the draft, which is at, uh, which is the second round that started at plus 800 dipped as low as plus 500 leading into Thursday night. And they are still on the clock uh, coming Friday night. Okay. I think that's it, fellas. We will look forward to finding out more tomorrow as markets become available. But hopefully, folks, that uh, before you tuned in, you 
took advantage of what might become available to you as it pertains to Friday, mostly Friday, and then anything Saturday that will take us into the weekend. So I would encourage most of you to download the Action app if you haven't done so already and follow our NFL draft folks, our NFL experts. Also, I mentioned a guy like Brandon Anderson's a great example, hopping on awards too for guys that were taken early first round, such as a B. John Robinson to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Those markets will likely shift as well. So Offensive Rookies of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Will Anderson is your favorite. He's emerged. I saw Jalen Carter is at plus 850 um, to come out of that as well. So those are some things to uh, to keep in mind. Your favorites for Defensive Rookie of the Year, Anderson at plus 350. Tyree Wilson at the, with the Raiders at plus 600. Witherspoon in Seattle, plus 850. Um, so those are some things to keep in mind. Evan Abrams, our director of research and media at Action Network, Travis Reed of Bet Labs. He's been with us during our betting update episodes here on the Action Network podcast. Brendan Glasheen signing off. Hope you all enjoyed the first round. Hope you are, had a profitable first round. Enjoy the rest of the draft, the weekend, and we'll talk to you again real soon here on the Action Network podcast. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.